0: This episode of The New Way We Work is brought to you by Verizon, the network America relies on.
1: When the pandemic hit, it's like, okay, we gotta get real about this work thing, right? I have been raised, you do this, you do this, you do this. I had a mortgage, I had all of these things. Like how do you just not do what I had been raised to be, which was a box checker.
2: My ambition is more now And I
3: think it's because I'm getting older. We're sold this narrative of you have to be ambitious. And that looks like always wanting a bigger paycheck, always wanting a better job.
2: You're doing Yeah. Now it's time for you to step it up. You know, it's time for you to invest. It's Mm -hmm. time for you to create generational wealth.
0: There are few among us who can say their lives look the same as they did in early 2020. My life certainly doesn't. The biggest change for me, like thousands of others, I relocated. The life I was living in a small apartment in a too expensive city had squeezed my growing family to a breaking point. But both of our jobs were based in New York City, so we were locked there, unable to create the life we wanted for our family. Until we weren't. Without the world-upending change of a global pandemic, I don't know if we would have ever moved. For the first 20 years of my career, I prioritized my ambition. And perhaps this season of my life would have caused me to reflect and redirect those priorities regardless, but the pandemic certainly forced my hand. We left New York because my job allowed me to switch to permanent remote work, something I had never previously considered. There are trade-offs to working alone in my home office instead of in the office with my colleagues, but for now at least, those are trade-offs that I'm happy to have the privilege to make. I am far from alone. Between the great resignation, quiet quitting, and the recalibration of wellness and mental health at work, the pandemic has changed how work fits into our lives, and in some cases, our identities. This is The New Way We Work from Fast Company Magazine, and you're listening to Ambition Diaries. I'm Fast Company Deputy Editor Kate Davis. On this fourth and final episode in our four-part miniseries, Does Ambition Even Matter Anymore? Our Relationship to Work Post-COVID. You've likely seen the hand-wringing that even amid a looming recession, no one wants to work anymore. But the great resignation that followed the pandemic wasn't about people not wanting to work. As Emil Niazi wrote in New York Magazine earlier this year, quote, People want to work, we have to. But many of us are no longer willing to trade our well-being for a chance to claw at the decaying American dream. There's a renewed focus on relationships, community, and the slow beat of life outside of the gaslit, gatekeep girl boss ethos end quote." That beat of reprioritization of life rang throughout all of our interviews. For some, the process of evaluating what's important and defining what makes for meaningful work started in the years before the pandemic. For others, the forced slowdown or upending of their workplace realities gave them the opportunity to change course, in some cases incrementally and in others, dramatically. As we've covered extensively before, the pandemic shifted a lot about work. But for office workers, one of the biggest shifts was where work was done. Pre-pandemic, only around 6% of workers in the U.S. worked from home. That changed to 37% in the spring of 2020, and now, over two years later, one in four Americans still work remotely. For Bianca, who we heard from in an earlier episode, her story illustrates how support from work and from her parents made balancing family and ambition a reality without major sacrifice, even through the pandemic. It all started with the help and support of her mother, Kelly, who loves sharing the childcare responsibilities for her grandkids. In the second episode of Ambition Diaries, we heard Kelly talk about the long hours she worked when her kids were growing up. In many ways, she's getting to make up for lost time
4: now. I think sometimes a lot of the reason why you take the kids so often is because you are spending time with them that you didn't get to spend with me. Oh, yeah. That's part of having grandchildren. You (laughs) ask any grandparent and they're like, of course, (laughs) we'll take them. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas I feel like I can be more ambitious and also be there for the kids at the same time. So I can focus on, you know, my career and growing my career and also... If I'm not able to be there for the kids, I know at least their grandparents can Mm -hmm. be there. So that's also made it really not easy for me, but I don't feel that guilt of, you know, if if I'm here, Mm -hmm. it means that I'm not there. Right. Because then at least I know my parents are there.
0: But having the support of her family was not the only factor enabling Kelly to prioritize both ambition and family. Her employer provided flexibility and empathy for working parents.
4: So when the pandemic hit, Mattel immediately closed all of the offices down, mm-hmm. sent everybody home. They understand that childcare issues, you know, that have come out of all of this and now the kids are used to having me at home. Now I'm used to being at home and I can get so much more work done. Not just work work, but like... Oh, yes. housework and we can eat at a decent time because Keith and I will kind of finish work at the same time and we can come home and do things together and so still have an evening. But now I have a question for you, Mija. Okay. <laughs> How do you see yourself from here? What... What is it you want, not only work in general? I think I just want to see what I can accomplish, like see how far I can get. As long as I'm still having good ideas, I'm still interested in my job and I'm still looking forward to going to work and feel a sense of pride and accomplishment in what I do, I'll keep going. I look forward to going into work sometimes now. And that's just crazy. (laughs) Like, not a lot of people have that. (laughs) I'm never bored.
5: (laughs) For sure.
0: The balance that Bianca was able to find throughout the pandemic is unfortunately not the norm for most women, especially those in service industries or small business owners. This is the case for Cassandra, who left a corporate job in advertising to start a Malaysian foods brand called Mama Lambs. The business was inspired by her mother, Christine, who immigrated from Malaysia and often found it nearly impossible to find the cuisine and flavors she grew up with. Cassandra and Christine live in Queens, New York, and Christine helps her daughter with her business. Cassandra started her business two years before the pandemic and was already experiencing some of the isolation most of us dealt with post-lockdown. This is a common experience for small business owners.
6: I always say it to my fiance, It was just like, you know, when people during the 2020 quarantine, like when everyone had to do remote work and couldn't see people, I kind of felt like I went through that kind of like emotion two years prior when I quit my job. When I started doing my own business, I was like just solo by myself with my mom. You don't have it the same like, oh, this is my coworker. We're going to go like do this after work. I kind of like felt what people were going through two years earlier in the pandemic. So I kind of felt like I was kind of just on the go and okay, I have to figure out this obstacle. How do we go about and pivot the business and just try to find ways to like keep growing it and not I didn't take that, okay, the pandemic hit and we're gonna stop and just go out of business. The pandemic, once it hit, I kind of was just like, okay, what's the next step? It didn't like kill my ambitions.
0: The pandemic affected every person in every profession, but there were obviously some who were on the front lines. In episode one and three of Ambition Diaries, we heard from Christina, a teacher from Lithonia, Georgia, talk to her mother, Vicky. Christina talks about her passion and dedication to teaching, but like all teachers, an already difficult job was intensified during the pandemic. However, there was perhaps a bit of a silver lining to the breakdown between home and school. I feel like
5: some people, because I don't even want to say parents, some people look at us as babysitters. We just watch the kids for a time and we send them back home. I feel like they don't respect the time that it takes and the dedication that it takes to still want to be a teacher, especially in the present day, and not feel discouraged because we pour into those students. We take a piece of our heart and divvy it up to the 20, the 24, or sometimes almost 30 students in that classroom for the whole year. Like, that bothers me. But the quarantine definitely sheds some light to what we have to do as educators because the teachers and the parents had to work together. And even in separating that time from being away at school and, you know, just away from home, like we just had to be there 24-7. And you saw my home, my home was my work, my work was my home. And I had to be creative. And I felt like I was creative, but I had to pull from Pinterest, that was my best friend. But I also, just looking at TikToks of educators, which I know some people like, oh my goodness. But it helped. We all helped each other. And Twitter, teacher Twitter is amazing. But I was tired at the end of the day. And that was a challenge. And I know I said I like a challenge before, but this challenge, oh boy. But it was one that I did not, and I could not give up on because I'm very transparent with my kids. But at the same time, I'm not going to let them see me give up because it's something that I want them to see me push through a challenge. Like, what can we do to push through? If Ms. Jordan did this, if this was a challenge for her, she pushed through
0: it, I can do it too. Christina's ambition didn't waver during the past few years, despite all of the struggles for her and other teachers. When we talk about ambition, it often has a selfish connotation. Ambition is about your own career advancement. However, Christina's dedication to her job was for the sake of her students, to model resilience. For some of the mothers we've heard from in this series, ambition was about providing a better life for their children. That might not be how most define it, but pursuing work with a purpose has become a bigger priority for many of us post-pandemic. We'll hear more about that after a quick break. This episode of The New Way We Work is brought to you by Verizon, the network you can rely on for your phone and for your home internet. Find the plan that's right for you at Verizon.com. For many people, the pandemic has been about survival, both the physical survival of staying healthy and the financial survival of staying afloat amid job losses and the squeeze of rising costs. But for others, it has meant a reevaluation of what really matters. When confronted with mortality, it becomes difficult to set a high priority on climbing the traditional career ladder. Kylie from Seattle talked to her mother, Janelle, about this reevaluation and the traditional connotations of success.
3: We're sold this narrative of you have to be ambitious and that. Looks like always wanting a bigger paycheck, always wanting a better job, always wanting a bigger job, always needing to like dream big, which is great. It's also not necessarily accessible for everyone, (laughs) but it's, it's cool. It's a cool thought. You know, it's, it's a very cool way of thinking. I think it gets dangerous when you're always wanting more and not not even not happy with where you are, but sort of hating where you are. And you hate where you are so much and you hate your job and you hate your apartment and you hate how small your life is because you want something bigger and something better. And I think it's okay to want more and to, you know, follow my dreams and all those kind of buzz quotes, but at the same time, just being okay in the moment and being appreciative of what I have.
1: When the pandemic hit, I think it was the first time in my life that I realized that Okay, this is a fixed time frame. At some point we're all going to die.
3: <laughs>
1: and the pandemic just reinforced for me the urgency to do what it takes to do the things that help me feel that sense that I felt when I was a kid that you know fit myself to be a maximum service to other people.
3: I think that again when we talk about ambition a lot of times it's Needing something bigger, needing something better. And in contrast, needing to hate the life you already have and always wanting something different. And for me, I've always just sort of chased after the feeling of happiness and contentment. And, you know, while at the same time find a job where I can be supported and creative and all of that. and Be
1: around people you love. Be around
3: people I love, yeah, which I found, which is incredible. And, you know, I never want to be complacent, of course, but I think people think that complacency is and ambition. It's either one or the other. You're either complacent and not ambitious or you're ambitious and you need to get out of your current situation. And it's like, what if it's okay to just be in that middle zone for a little bit? Um, so I think for me the pandemic just reaffirmed that I was on a pretty healthy path. While Kylie strives for contentment and a positive form
0: of complacency, Tanya found fire and ambition to turn a hobby she loved into a business. Tanya and her daughter Nikki are from Chicago. We heard from Tanya in episode 2 of this series discussing her long career in sales, a career that she is now leaving behind.
2: I am not going back to sales.
6: Mm -hmm.
2: unless I'm selling my own stuff. Yep. (laughs) You know, you work eight hours for somebody else and you're tired. I can be at home working and I look up and it's 12, 13 hours and I'm not even tired because I'm doing it for myself. So now with the pandemic, I believe it pushed me Mm -hmm. into my destiny. Yeah. Because I was a craft person. You know, I did crafts during the pandemic. Black Coffee Bling became Black Coffee Bling LLC. Mm -hmm. So now it's not just crafts. Mm -hmm. This is my business. And my house looks like it. My house looks like a store. (laughs) absolutely. It looks like a store. Every, Every corner of my house had something. But I think that that was something that the Lord had to work out and me, mm-hmm. because I was just comfortable just doing it in my spare time, yeah. you know, whatever, being home, having to be home, I could not sit there looking at those four walls.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And I had to come to grips that this is the new normal. Yeah. So how do you navigate around the pandemic? I decided to just take my business to another level. My ambition is more now. And I think it's because I'm getting older.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I have more years behind me than I do in front of me. Mm-hmm. That's the reality of it because I'll be 60 next year. Mm. So unless the Lord allows me to be 120. <laughs> right. right. I know I have more years behind me. So I have to make these years count. Mm-hmm. And as long as I have reasonable strength, mm-hmm. I get up every morning, I'm breathing, I'm going to keep moving. Right. I'm going to put my mask on. I'm going to social distance, I'm going to use my hand sanitizer, I'm going to use my disinfectant spray, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to keep moving.
0: There is no one-size-fits-all approach to work or life. For some, it may be all about balance. For others, it's about autonomy. Or your ambition may be just to spend time with the people you care about. For Demita and Francesca, who both left corporate jobs in HR to pursue their passion, Building their current careers was all about leaving behind expectations and being true to themselves. Francesca felt like she was just serving those outside expectations when she started her first full-time job.
7: That, at the time, made me feel like I was doing the right thing. It was not my dream, but I could pat myself on the back because... I'm getting paid a salary, and I'm checking the boxes, and here, if I just keep checking the boxes, I'm gonna be able to live a good life.
1: yeah, it's cringeworthy for me, like just because as you're talking and I'm listening to you, like I'm just now processing and it's just like, Ugh. like because at by that point, I was so indoctrinated in the nonsense and the bs of capitalism and just all of the garbage. So, yeah, I could see where I would make you You have to be this box checker and you have to do this and you have to do that. Because I remember being so proud, God gag, (laughs) about, you know, you finally doing that. And I remember I was working myself to the point that I was sick and with Carpal Tunnel and just all of the things. When I was a kid, my dad had told me, you know, like whatever made me feel good in my heart, like whatever, you know, if I had my favorite song on the radio whatever that feeling is that it gives you that that's what you, you know, whatever gives you that feeling, that's what you should do. You know, and so now thinking back like, how did I get from, you know, whatever that feeling is that makes, you know, that gives you that, you know, feeling in your heart when you're listening to your song to this nonsense, like just blows my mind. But, you know, I was all about the BS, my bags and my shoes. I have beautiful suits, I had beautiful bags, I had beautiful shoes. And, you know, I made a salary that made me comfortable financially, but I was sick. And so now I live a very different life, which you know that, where I've gotten rid of all of, I guess, the work uniform, the attire, and I have a freedom to build a life that works for me that I just never had before. I think we both do. I was outsourced out of my job and then you left yours. And now I'm in touch with me. I think I'm more in touch with you all. I'm in touch with the people around me. I'm just aware. I'm not a human doing, I'm actually being. You, remember we used to talk every single day. Yep.
7: I'm gonna cry. (laughs) We used to talk every single day. And um, for like hours, we were talking. I was so fed up with my job. You had already, like, been let go of yours. I don't know if you knew that. Like, we were going through this at the same time. And so, like, talking with you through, like, this whole process and me deciding to leave my job, and that's when the dreaming was happening. After your job let you go and you were following this voice of, like, don't do this or take the summer off and whatever, that empowered me to dream as well. I think little me would be really happy for 30-year-old me and just kind of be like, wow, I just thought you had to check the boxes.
0: The 25-year-old version of myself would have never pictured that this is where my life or career would be at 41. And no matter where they started out, the 14 women we spoke to for Ambition Diaries have all ended up living lives that have thrown them some surprises. In the first episode of this series, I said that it's easy to hear these stories of daughters struggling in ways that their mothers didn't and feel despair for the future. But looked at another way, there's glimmers of progress. The stories of recalibrating ambition in the face of change offer, for me at least, the most hope for the future of work. Decades ago, when many of the mothers we spoke to were in the thick of their career-building years, ambition was a dirty word for women. Then came the lean-in girl boss era where hustle culture was celebrated. And now we are finding our footing in this brave new world of work where we can, if we're lucky, redefine what ambition looks like.
1: I wanted you guys, you know, to have the freedom to explore, you know, whatever you wanted to be. And I, I, I remember even telling your sister because she thought for sure she wanted to be a doctor. And I told her, if you change your mind, that's okay because it's not my life, it's for you. And so that's what I wanted for you guys, was for you guys to be able to feel free to do whatever you wanted, to not have jobs, to have careers, to be able to explore your passions. Um, Because 40 years is a really long time to get up every day and go somewhere to do something that you don't like with people that you don't like.
0: Thank you for coming on this journey with me over these last four weeks. And a special thanks to the Economic Hardship Reporting Project for their partnership on Ambition Diaries and to all the women who opened up their homes and their lives to us. Ruth and her daughter Miriam from New York City. Christine and her daughter Cassandra from Queens, New York. Janelle and her daughter Kylie from Seattle. Kelly and her daughter Bianca from Los Angeles. Tanya and her daughter Nikki from Chicago. Vicky and her daughter, Christina, from Lithonia, Georgia, and Demita and her daughter, Francesca, from Miami, Florida. And that's all for this episode. If you're a new listener, be sure to subscribe to The New Way We Work wherever you listen. And if you like this episode, leave us a rating review on Apple Podcasts. For more Ambition Diaries, including individual photos, interviews, and audio clips from all seven mothers and daughters, visit fastcompany.com backslash ambition diaries. Ambition Diaries was produced by Joshua Christensen with editing by Nicholas Torres. Ambition Diary reporters are Laura Delch, Jordan Gaspor, Deborah John Lee, Jill jordan Cedar, Corinne Ruff, Lauren Vespoli, and Akila Wise. Special thanks to the Economic Hardship Reporting Project for their partnership on Ambition Diaries.